Now that, Tim, is a classic. I have not heard or even thought of that song in so long. I'm, I'm so glad you, you chose to lead it. And, of course, it's going to go uh, in with what we're talking a little bit about this morning. But before we do, I want to see if I can be just as divisive as possible. I want to see if I can separate you out as, as well as I can. And so we're going to start off with a quiz. It's kind of a, a yes or no. I'm going to I'm going to say one thing and another, and you have to tell me which one you are, okay? So we have two different groups. We have people who like to doodle on the notepad, and we have people who like to do logic puzzles, okay? How many of you are the doodlers in here? Okay, how many of you would prefer logic puzzles or crosswords, something like that? Okay, so we, that, there we go. Does anybody want to be both? We, oh, okay, we have a few that just like to do some. Okay, how about this? How many of you like to make lists, and how many of you would rather just sit around and talk about relationships and feelings? Okay, so how about this one? How many of you are like, I want to make a list? Give me, okay, how many of you say, I would love to just sit around and talk about feelings? Rita, are you the only one in here? Or everybody else is too ashamed to say, I'll talk about feelings. Okay, how about this? How many of you are dog people and how many of you are cat people? Let's see the dog people in here. Okay, let's see the cat people. Bob, I, I should have known. The cat people, really? Okay, is there anybody that's like, I like dogs and cats both? Okay, we have a few of you uh, who need counseling, and we'll offer that later on. You know, we live in a world of, of very different people. We have country music versus rap music. We have ESPN versus the Hallmark Channel. We have cowboy fans versus the classless Neanderthals. I mean, it's just you're either on one side or the other. But thankfully... At least the Bible is always on the same page. There's never any disagreements. There's never any contradictions. It's always talking about the same thing. Like, like on the issue of faith. Okay, how about Hebrews chapter 7 says, Without faith it is what? Impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to God must believe that he exists and he rewards those who seek him. How about Romans chapter 3? For we maintain that a person is justified. Justified's a big word, but we just break it down like this as if we we're in a fifth grade class. It's just as if I had never sinned. Okay, that you've been made clean. For we maintain that a person is justified. They're made clean by faith apart from the works of the law. So how are you made clean according to Romans chapter 3? By faith, by believing. Ephesians chapter 2 says, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. It is a gift from God. You are not saved by works so that no one can boast. So we're pretty clear on this, aren't we? So how are you saved? How are you justified? It is by faith, it is by grace, it is clearly not by works. Because if you could be saved through works, then you can boast about it, right? And so it is clear that in the Bible, it is grace, it is faith, it's believing, it's not works. Okay, so, now let's keep going. James... <laughs> 
You know where we're going, don't you? James chapter 2 says this. What good is it, my brothers, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, be warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, it is, if it is not accompanied by actions, is what? Dead! Well, that ain't right. Because if Paul is in here and James is in here, and I say, who's all about grace? Paul's like, yes! And James says, no, it's about faith. And Paul says, no, it's about grace and faith and belief. And James says, no, it's about works and deeds. You can sit around and say you have faith, but if you don't do anything, it means nothing. So what do we do? It's like the dog and cat people. What are we going to do here? Listen to this. Paul writes to Titus, and he's referring to a group of people who are not living out their faith. He says, they claim to know God, but by their actions they deny Him. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good. It's like what my dad said growing up. You better be good for something, or you're going to be good for nothing. These guys were good for nothing. This is what Paul says to them. He says they're detestable and they're disobedient. Do they know God? They at least claim to know God. Well, isn't that good for something? According to Paul, nope. Not at all. Okay, how about this? 1 John chapter 4 says, If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a a liar if you say that you love god but you hate your brother you're a liar for he who does not love his brother whom he he has seen cannot love god whom he has seen and so paul seems to be saying look you know there's there's grace and there's faith, and you have to believe. And James and John says, whoa, 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 but not putting it into action, then it's not really faith at all. So, let's just clear it up right now. Let's just go to the red letters. Let's just, let's see what Jesus has to say. He's going to clear this one up. I mean, where do you think we would go if we wanted to hear Jesus say something about how important it is to believe in him? Maybe John chapter 3. Maybe verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever, say that louder, whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Okay, that's it. That, okay, Jesus said it. That's it. That's, it. that's all. all he, he says, whoever believes. Right? So we got this. Jesus says it right there. All you have to do. But then it gets a little confusing because he's going to make another statement. 
this is a, a less popular one for obvious reasons. But if you go to Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who sent me. Okay, so now it's getting a little confusing. Because first, Jesus just says, well, all you have to do is believe in me and you're going to have eternal life. But then in another situation, he's going to say, listen, you can call me Lord. But if you don't do the will of my Father who sent me, you have no part of me. You remember the, the song we sing as kids? The wise man built his house upon the rock. Right? And the foolish man, Conlon, where did he build his house? On the sand. What, 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 does that ha, what does that have to do with the Bible? That's actually kind of a, a mini parable of Jesus. He basically says, okay, the wise man, he's going to build his house upon the rock. And the foolish man, he's going to build his house upon the sand. And he says, whoever hears these words of mine and does not put them into action is like the foolish man. Who built his house upon the sand. The fool. According to Jesus. The one who would be so silly and ridiculous. To build their house on sand. Is the one who hears his words. But doesn't put them into action. And so we have this big dilemma. That has been raging on for thousands of years. What do we do? We have faith on one side. We have deeds on the other. Which one is more important? And the answer is yes. <laughs> Both of them are equally important. But like art and logic, list versus relationships, cat people versus dog people, it's, it's really kind of difficult to be both. You ever thought about that? It's, it's kind of common to find people who are really good at the, the faith department, the de belief department, but then that actually putting it into action is kind of difficult. But then you have, on the other hand, people are really good at the religious, at the, at the church going. But then it's hard when you talk about, you know, their, their, their walk with God and, and their spirituality. They're like, yeah, I go to church. I read my Bible. Tell me about your relationship with God. Well, I go to church and I read the Bible. You know, and it's like there's this disconnect. You know, it's, it's a little bit like golf, right? Okay. There's, there's kind of two groups of people when it comes to golf. I, I love this club. For those of you who are not into golf, this revolutionized the golf game uh, probably about 30 years ago. This is called the Callaway Big Bertha Driver. Okay, And they called it a Big Bertha because back then, most of the woods were literally made out of wood and they were tiny. And this came out, and this at the time was massive. If you were to put this next to a normal driver today, this it's tiny. Really? 
I jokingly say when I see the drivers today, they look like a Volkswagen with a stick coming out of the side. I mean, they're, they're, they get up there and these things, they're just whoosh. But this, this is the driver. This is, this is the big dog, you know. And what do you have to do with the big dog? You have to let him eat. Come on, people. You get up to the tee box and you got to let the big dog eat, okay? And there are people who drive and they can get out there Rusty can talk about this. He's, he's hit a few balls pretty far, right? I mean, you get up there and you just you just rip it, right? I can't do it. I can't do it. I've, I've seen people do it. I've watched it. I love, I love the sound of a golf ball hitting a driver. And just, I mean, it's, they, they all have different sounds. But I was out there the other day with some kids. We were, we were playing and one of the kids, I say he's a kid, he's 18 years old. He hit the ball. I almost went to the ground. I thought it was a gunshot. I mean, it was just, and that ball just, whoosh, just I mean, just took off. It was crazy. I love watching people drive. But, but what's the saying? You, you drive for show and, and you putt for dough. And so we're not going to use a putter here, but this is the club I love. Okay. This is called a lob wedge. Okay, this this thing is I mean, it's it's about 60 degrees. If you're not in golf, it probably doesn't mean much to you. Here's what it means to me. I love man. I love this. This is for the short game, right? This is this is to me where it really matters. I mean, this is where you're going to score a little bit lower here because you can drive it 350 yards. But then if it takes you seven times to chip it up onto the green, well, then you've lost it all. So this, the short game is really where it's at, right? And I, I love this one. This is a, my 80-yard club, okay? So the deal is that if I swing just kind of like that, it's going to go about 80 yards. And if I swing like that, it's going to go about 80 yards and if I just swing if I have to like tie my shoelaces tighter and swing as hard as I can 80 yards it just goes higher it doesn't go further it just goes higher this thing just this shoots up oh it's so fun if you can hit it right oh it's it's great I love trying to get near a tree because that's where I always am when I'm playing golf I get near a tree and I'm like I'm gonna pull up my lob which I'm going over this bad boy right okay the problem is if you miss this by a millimeter um, you hit it thin, and it, it, it's called what we call a worm burner. I mean, it just, I mean, it'll shoot across the ground, and then it doesn't go 80 yards. It goes like 250 yards, and it's just, it's all over the place. I mean, it's, it's where people get hurt because you're standing near the green, and you think it's going to go up, and it shoots straight across, and somebody's standing on the green. It, it, it never ends well. Now, I tell you what, Lynn Blackman, he's got the short game. I mean, this guy, I played with him the other day. We were playing in a scramble, and when we got in a tough spot, like, I knew Lynn Blackman, we, we played, and every time we, we got out there near the green, he found a way to get on the green. It was just incredible. I'm like, this is the greatest day of golf ever. But you know how we got there? We got there because somebody was able to drive to get us close enough. And you know who that was? Frida Blackman. <laughs> Frida Blackman, she can get one of these drivers and and she will let the big and she would go up there. Um, she would hit from the ladies' tee and we would hit and, and Brett would just smack it and we go, Oh, that's a great shot. Frida would get up there 
and just just mash it right past where Brett and I just one time I looked over at Brett and I says how's it feel to get outdriven by your mom every hole and she she was so humble we'd walk up we'd go take her ball we're playing a scramble and she'd say oh well I guess we'll just take my ball and I'm like Frida we take every time and she can drive and it's what makes for a really great golf game and it's also what makes for a really great marriage and today they're celebrating 53 years together And I, I, you may need to use that club on him. I always tease Lynn and, and Rusty both, and, and, and I want to say to both of you guys, and especially on your, your 53rd, for all the teasing that you get, I, I don't know how you've done it. I just I want to applaud you. I admire you that you have found such an amazing woman, and somehow through all your craziness, she hasn't left you. You know, it's... But when we talk about marriage, when we talk about golf, when we talk about our spirituality, it's not just the, the faith or the deeds. It has to be both of them. And it's really easy to get caught in, I'm a dog person or a cat person. I'm the short game or I'm the long game. I'm really good at spiritual disciplines. I wake up in the morning and I'll do this. I make my list of things I'm going to do today. I'm going to be nice to people. You know, I'm going to make sure that I, I give back to others and I'm going to read my Bible. And there I have it. I have that list of things and you get really good at that. But you can't neglect your relationship with God and coming to love and desire and want to be near Him. And there's some people who say, oh, I love the Lord. I just, I love singing to Him and I love thinking about Him. But then you get out on the road and you don't love your brothers and sisters who are driving next to you. And so it's really hard. And so what do we do? Do we give up? There's one more thing that I think is really interesting. When we go back to this whole golf thing. If you have somebody who's really good at driving. And they go out to the driving range. And they have all their clubs with them. And they're really good at driving. And they're not very good at the short game. Do you know what they do when they get to the, the driving range? What club do you think they're going to pull out? They pull out the driver. And they're like, I'm going to show everybody around here. I can just mash this ball harder than anybody else. But maybe they're really bad at the driver. But maybe they're pretty good at the short game. And so they go out to the driving range. Do they pull out the driver that they can't hit straight? That they should be practicing on? No. Coach, they grab the lob wedge. And they want everybody around them to know that they can assault that little flag 80 yards out and just keep dropping them right by it, right by it, right by it. And they never really work on their driver. And I don't know, I don't know what you are. I don't know where you are in your spiritual life. Maybe you're one that's really great at going to church. Maybe you're, you're really great at, at doing the good things and being a good person. But maybe your relationship with with God is maybe it's a little cold maybe your relationship with God is really amazing 
but maybe you're struggling with with putting that faith and that belief into actions. You find yourself loving God, but but constantly struggling to live that out in your life. And so my question is, what do you really do with that? And the answer is, well, we're going to talk about that in class. I want you to hang around in class as, as we talk about. We're going to look at uh, a couple different uh, scriptures. We're going to look at a parable, and we're going to talk about what is really God calling us to? And is it worth trying? Do we just sit on the range with the driver? Maybe we just hang on with our lob wedge? Or maybe we, we want to try something a little different. And so I'm going to challenge you a little bit this morning in class. I hope I can encourage you. But I want you to think about different ways that we can grow in loving Jesus this morning. And I want to ask that you all join me this morning. If there's any way that we can help you, that we can pray for you. If that you want to confess sins, if you're struggling and need to be prayed for, if you want to put on the Lord in baptism, we would love to do that. Please join us now as we stand and sing this morning.